Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. So here we are, a week until Christmas. I I want you to know next Sunday, I'm going to be sharing a really heartfelt Christmas message. And so for those of you who know somebody, and maybe it's somebody you work with, it could be visiting family members, maybe a neighbor. If you know somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, let me just urge you to invite them to come. Okay, just maybe even bring them with you because I think it's going to be a really encouraging message that could reach a lot of people with the good news of Jesus. And just to let you know, let me give you some of the best advice you'll hear. Don't come to the 930 service, okay? We're going to have services at 8, 930, and 11. This service will be packed. It'll be wall-to-wall, plenty of room, plenty of parking spots at 8 o'clock and 11, okay? So if you show up at 930 and you're standing in the back looking at me like this, yeah, I warned you, okay? But seriously, it would help for the visitors that are coming in. If you can, get up early or sleep in a little bit, whatever you want to do. Now, since next week I'm going to be sharing a real warm, kind of heartfelt, encouraging message, I thought today I'd give you what I would call a socket to you message. And so if you're okay with that, say socket to me. (laughs) All right. You asked for it, so it's going to happen now. It's your fault. Here we go. So we are in this series where we're walking through some classic Christmas carols, and the carol we're going to talk about today is a favorite of many, Away in a Manger. Now, the history behind this song, I looked it up, it's kind of a bit of a mystery. It was first published in a Lutheran Sunday school curriculum back in 1885, and there's quite a bit of controversy as to who wrote this song. Some believe it was written by Martin Luther, the father of the Reformation. But after more study, most people would say, no, Martin Luther didn't actually write it. So there's a bit of a mystery as to who wrote the lyrics of this amazing song. But it's no mystery that this song has touched hearts for decades and decades. How many of you love that song, Away in a Manger? As a kid, you loved it? Okay. For me, it's powerful to imagine that the God of the universe, the King of kings, the the Lord of lords, would humble himself, would strip himself of his glory and come to this earth, be born in the flesh in the lowest of places, kind of showing us that nobody is too low for his grace. And there is this phrase that's used repeatedly over and over and over again in this song, and it's what I want to focus in on today. And my hope, my prayer is that every time you hear it, every time you worship to this song again in the future, that God would bring to mind what we've talked about today. And it would kind of jolt you back into a place of alignment with his spirit. Okay, and here's the phrase we're going to focus on, the little Lord Jesus, the little Lord Jesus. My focus today is not going to be on that word little, okay, we're not going to talk about the the baby Jesus. I think focusing just on the baby of Jesus could could do a bit of a disservice to us. I want today to focus on the Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Christ. And the main idea, the key theme of this message today, if you want to write it down, if you've got your outline, is this, Jesus is Jesus is Lord. Everybody say that with me. Jesus is Lord. 740 times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as Lord. 740 times. 
In fact, in the very first mention of the Savior's birth in the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus referred to as Lord. This is Luke chapter 2, and the context is the shepherds are watching their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Folks, this is the news that had been waiting on all of them for centuries. And the angel explains who this Savior is. And who is he? He is Christ the Lord. So the very beginning of the story, it's established that Jesus, the Son of God, is born. And he's the Savior of the world. And he is Christ the Lord. Now, the big question I want to deal with today is this. If Jesus is Lord then what does that mean for us in our day-to-day lives? Like, if we're married, what does it mean for our marriage? If we're dating, what does it mean? If we're shopping for Christmas presents, what does Jesus' Lord mean while we're shopping for Christmas presents? What does it mean to make Jesus your Lord? If you look at your outline, there's a Greek word on there, kurios, and that's the word we translate as Lord. It literally means supreme in authority or the controller or quite simply, Lord. And I can already imagine that this word, the controller, for some of you, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Because if Jesus is the controller, then he's got some competition in you, right? Because you want to be in control. And, you know, personally, I I don't have that problem. I'm thankful I don't have that problem at all, okay? Yeah, I am not a control freak whatsoever. Not a bit. I mean, as long as everybody does what I want and things go my way, i got no problem with control, right? Okay, so I got a problem with it. And, and trust me, you do as well. Like, we want to be in control of things. You do. You do. For, for some of you, it's driving the car. Like, you honestly can barely sit still in the passenger seat because nobody drives right. Am I right? I see the nudges going on out there. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's the TV remote. If you're over at my place, don't even think about touching it. Right? Just drop the remote and nobody will get hurt. You know, whatever it is, I don't know what it is for you, but chances are for a lot of us, we want to be in control. You know, maybe it's, I want my day to go this way. Some of you are list makers. How many of you are list makers? Let me see your hands. Okay, raise them up high. Be proud. Okay. Yeah, list makers are like, don't jack with my list, man. If it's on the list, it's going to happen. Nothing's getting in the way of that. Or, or, or maybe it's, I want my kids to do what I want. And so we're going to have the perfect Christmas morning, and they're going to come downstairs, and their hair will be brushed, and we will read Luke chapter 2 together, and nobody will fight, and angels will sing. Yeah. Now, reality teaches us it's, it's never perfect. And yet, so many of us, we just want to be in control. And so what does it mean that Jesus is the supreme authority? Jesus is the controller. Jesus is Lord. What does it mean that we make Jesus Lord? If I can be technical for a moment here, and I don't want anybody to feel bad about using this phrase, but technically, we don't make Jesus Lord. Do you realize that? God made him Lord a long time ago. Like, he is already Lord. What we do is we simply surrender to what is. We surrender to his lordship. Like, we don't make him Lord. God made him Lord. And what does it mean to surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about today. 
How do we surrender to Jesus' supreme authority? What does that look like in our day-to-day lives? And I think there are basically two different levels of surrendering to Jesus. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is what I would call the partially surrendered life. Write that down, the partially surrendered life. Truth be told, this is where the majority of Christians live. Like, if we're honest. In other parts of the world, I think there's much more devotion. Ironically, in places where the persecution is really, really intense. But where I live, I see so many what I would call casual Christians or cultural Christians. It's the partially surrendered life. Over in Luke 6.46, Jesus talks about wise builders and foolish builders. And speaking to the foolish builder, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Like, why, why give me lip service? Jesus doesn't want lip service. He wants life service. He doesn't want us to just talk the talk. He wants us to walk the walk. Like, why are you calling me Lord and then going out and doing whatever you feel like? It, it's incongruent, right? He's putting out this tension inside of us. Like, we say he's Lord, but, but then we want to be in control. And I think it really comes back for all of us to this deep control issue that we wrestle with. You know, I believe Jesus is Lord, but... I still want to be in control. I mean, I believe Jesus is Lord, but I kind of want to do what what I want to do. I believe that that Jesus is Lord, but I'm not just going to trust him with everything. And so before long, we end up practically, by the way we live, kind of taking the Bible and, and picking and choosing the parts that we want. And so when it comes to our relationships, yeah, Jesus, I know he says that I'm supposed to pray for those who have hurt me. I'm supposed to bless those who, who persecute me. I'm supposed to love my enemies. I'm supposed to forgive them. But, but you don't understand. After what they've done to me, I, I can't do I can't forgive them. Not a chance. And so we kind of take God's word and we carve that portion out. It's like we tear that portion out. Not literally, but we sort of just skip over that. Or when it comes to our money, our finances, I know God wants me to trust him and I shouldn't be in all this crazy debt that I'm in. And I know I'm supposed to give to the church and to those in need, but but where's the money gonna come from? I can't do that. Or when it comes to my time, how I live my life, I know I'm supposed to submit that to God. And so I'll give him a portion of my Sunday morning, but I'm just too tired to do much more than that. And so we don't literally tear it out of our Bible, so to speak, but we do it in reality. And Jesus would say, you know, I mean, honestly, why call me Lord and then not do what I say? Just go do whatever you want. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? That's the partially surrendered life. In fact, I wrote out in your outline, I printed a passage of Scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, from a new version called the PSV. And PSV stands for the partially surrendered version, all right? Are you ready for this? Follow me on this. This is how it's translated in the PSV. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. (laughs) Lean on your own understanding. In in some of your ways, acknowledge him, and you can make your own path straight. Okay, if you're kind of new to church and the Bible, let me just say, that is not a real or accurate Bible version. All right? I changed it to the PSV. We're going to come back to the real version later. But my point is this. Jesus did not call us, as believers in Jesus Christ, Jesus did not call us to a partially surrendered life. And let me be absolutely clear here. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about heaven or hell. If you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible promises that Jesus has forgiven you and he's given you eternal life free of charge. You're guaranteed to go to heaven. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says it best, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. 
And this not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So salvation is absolutely free. However, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to be what the Bible calls a disciple, somebody who is a learner, somebody who's a follower, then you've got to be all in. Like Jesus asked for a wholehearted commitment to him to be a disciple. Now, if you look at the gospels, he uses languages, language like, you know, take up your cross and follow me. He says things like, if you want to find your life, lose it, give it up, surrender it, come under the lordship of Christ. He's the supreme authority. He's the controller. He knows what's right and what's wrong. He is Lord. And by the way, I know this sounds really, really tough, but it's actually the path to what Jesus calls the abundant life. It's the path to the best life possible, people. It really is. Let me give you my summary of the choice you have in life. It's really, you can go down two different roads. You can either make Jesus Lord and go on what I would call the coolest adventure possible with love and joy and peace and patience and all the fruit of the Spirit. Doesn't that sound good? That's what God promises if you go his way. Or you can ignore Jesus' words, and you can spend your days trying to find joy and peace and happiness on your own, being anxious, being frustrated with God, wondering why life is kind of dull or, or boring. In other words, Jesus being Lord means he knows what's best for your life, which is why he should be in control. And you don't know what's best for your life, which is why you should let go. Either that or don't complain when life blows up on you. So Jesus, hear me on this, please. Jesus urging you to surrender to him, he's saying that out of love for you because he loves you. He wants what's best for you. So here's what I want you to do. I want us all to take a moment and I want you to very honestly, very prayerfully ask this question. What have I not surrendered to the Lord? Like what area of my life am I still trying to control? What area of my life am I unwilling to give over to God? It could be any number of things, but I want you to be really open, really honest before God and put a name to whatever it is. You know, for some of you, it might be, you know, I'm gonna trust God with all these different areas. And sometimes we do, we got all these areas over here. I'm gonna trust God with all these different things, but not my kids. Like, these are my kids and by golly, they're gonna do what I want. I'm gonna worry about them when I want to because I've, I've gotta control my kids. Or, or it could be your future. You know, I've got to get it all lined up. So this is what I want. God, here's what I want for my future. Okay, this is the way it's going to work. Like I'm going to graduate from this school and then I'm going to go over here and, and then I'm going to get a job and I'm going to live in this place and I'm going to be married by such and such a time. And if I'm not, then God's not really there. You just keep controlling. You won't surrender that. It could be I'm not going to do what God wants me to do in my dating relationship. You know, I know he's the wrong person. You know, I, I know that this is not good for me. He's not leading me toward Jesus, but, but I love this guy, okay, and I can change him. And you just keep controlling. What is it? What is it that you need to submit to the lordship of Christ? Can I just promise you if you do, you'll never regret it. He won't, people. For me, I got to thinking about this in my own life, and the thing that popped into my mind, when I first became senior pastor here at this church, my, my big deal was I, I felt like I had to control the church. 
you know, make sure that the elders, the pastors, the staff, the leaders, the volunteers, all the attendees, they all did the right things and, and they all got along perfectly and nobody would fight and nobody would fall into gossip and they wouldn't annoy each other. Do you know how impossible that is? Like as long as there are people involved, there will be messes everywhere, everywhere. People are messy. We say it all the time. We are what? Imperfect people. And if I try to control that and make it all right, if I take that upon myself, my life is going to be miserable. And after quite a long time of trying to control all that, talking with other pastors, hundreds of pastors, about the messiness all around in their churches, I decided, you know, Jesus is the Lord of this church. Hill Country Bible Church is his church. And yeah, it's messy like every other church. So I say, okay, God, you're going to take control of this church. Like, what is it for you? You know, be honest, what is it, what area are you not surrendering fully to the Lordship of Christ? Because I think for all of us at one time or another, we live in that partially surrendered life. Okay, next, let's talk about another level of surrender. This is what Jesus wants for it. I'd call it the fully surrendered life, fully surrendered, like all in. And you're never going to be perfect with this, okay? But this is like... Uh, I'm, I'm committed to this. It's not, not a Sunday kind of Christian, not a when it's convenient, not a God bless America and all that kind of stuff. No, a full on, like I'm laying my life down, holding nothing back. My life belongs to him, not to me, commitment. I love the way Paul phrased it over in Romans 14. He said, for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die... It's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are living? How many of you are alive? (laughs) Okay, good. A solid 50% of you, praise God. (laughs) The rest of you, we got a prayer time after the service, if you you can make it up here. (laughs) If you are alive as a Christian, it should be to honor the Lord. And if we die... It's to honor the Lord. Basically, we belong to him. Our lives are not our own. We surrender to the lordship of Christ. You know, it's a little bit like this wedding ring right here. Okay, this ring tells the world around me that no matter what, I belong to Wendy. Period, end of story. Like I have surrendered my singleness and I am one with her. I am under the authority and and the control of the holy bond of marriage and that is a good thing. Like, I belong to her, and she belongs to me. And, of course, we both belong to Jesus. But get this, she's also not her own. She is mine. And if at this point you're thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. She doesn't belong to you. Don't give me all that mail. No, 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 she does, okay? She does. You try to touch her, I will kill you, okay? (laughs) You need to understand that. And, and I belong to her. Yeah, so if I want to go out dancing with a bunch of girls, can I do that? Not for long. (laughs) Why? Because I belong to her. She's going to remind me of that. We belong to each other. You see, we get that commitment, don't we? Well, what about the same way with God? Like we belong to each other. See, here's the deal. When Jesus shed his blood, he died for you. He offered the availability of a free gift. So here it is, salvation. It's by grace you are saved. 
Free gift, not by works, so no one can boast. It's this free gift that's given to you. It costs you nothing. It costs Jesus everything. But there's another step in the Christian life, and if you missed it, if you miss it, you've pretty much just struck out, really. I mean, you've pretty much missed the real reason you're still alive here on earth. After you become a believer, it's to surrender to his lordship. That's the next step, and that's the way to take the right paths in life. So let me close by reading you the real version of that classic passage, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. We're told to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You know, that, that word acknowledge here, I'm not a big fan of the way it's translated because in the Hebrew language, that word acknowledge is the word yada, yada, which is also translated as to know. It's the same word that's used to describe the intimate relationship that Adam had knowing Eve. And so I prefer in all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. See, here's the bottom line. I think the reason so many of us don't surrender some area of our life over to the Lord, it's because we don't really know him in that area. Like we're not doing life with him. We're not listening to his spirit inside of us because to know him is to love him. To know him is to trust him. To know him is to surrender to him. If you know him as he truly is, you'll never want to be controlled by yourself or anybody else. When you know that he is the ever-present God, like he is right here, right now, everywhere with you. When you know that he is all-knowing, omniscient, like he has the wisdom you don't have. When you know that he's all-powerful, when you know that he is good in every way, he has your best intentions in mind. When you know that he's wholly set apart from us, I mean, to, to know him is to surrender to him because he is the reigning, ruling king of the universe. But not just that. He's also a relational God who has revealed himself to us in Jesus. Like he came to this earth so that we could know him and relate to him and have a love relationship with him. It's all about relationship. The most important command, Jesus said, is a relational command. You know it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. It is a fully committed life. And never forget this, to know him is to love him. To know him is to love him. Let me just share something from the bottom of my heart as I close here. I would say this, there is no greater gift that you could give to God this Christmas season than a fully surrendered life. And, and there's no greater gift that you could give to yourself this Christmas season than a fully surrendered I promise you, give it a try. Will you be perfect? (laughs) No, not a chance. But if your heart is in the right place and you give up, whatever these areas are that you're trying to control, your life will never be the same, ever. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you first and foremost this day for your immense love for us that there is not a single thing written in your word for us that is not gonna be for your glory 
and for our benefit. I thank you that you understand how we struggle with this. You understand our lack of faith. You understand our fears. You understand why we don't want to give you control. But Lord, I thank you first and foremost for the gift of salvation that you have made a relationship with you possible simply by us having faith in you. But from there, Lord, you want us to take the right path. You want us to experience the abundant life, the best life possible. And that's not going to happen as long as we settle for partial surrender. We've got to really come to that point where we say, I want to give this over. And God, for all of us, there's going to be stages. But we have to ask that question, what, what part of my life right now, if I'm honest, am I trying to control? If we truly know you, know you and acknowledge you, then we don't have to be afraid. We can trust you have our best interests in mind. So I pray that this Christmas season, we would begin the process of surrender. That when we sing the little Lord Jesus, we would remember that phrase, Lord, supreme authority, controller, Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Church, I want to invite you to stand up. Sing this morning.
church. Thank you so much for singing with us this morning. We're going to have our prayer team here in the front. If y'all would like any prayer or have any questions, um, they'd love to have a conversation with you. If not, I will see y'all next week. Christmas Eve next week, I have three services. Can't wait to see y'all. Yeah.